We are in the fourth week of a new series for the new year, looking at simplifying our lives, simplifying our lives, especially through the exercise of decluttering. Clutter, as we've been saying, is any untidy collection of unneeded things, useless things, forgotten things, unwanted things, things we hang on to out of habit or neglect or just insecurity. And it's a problem. And it's a problem because it's always coming at us. It's always coming at us and it just keeps on coming. And that's a problem because clutter distracts us. It can confuse us. Clutter gets in the way of our doing what we want to do or trying to do or where we want to go. Decluttering is the process in which you remove, reorganize, and reorder for the sake of cleanliness or comfort or simplicity's sake, for improved aesthetics, for more successful living. When you declutter, you're making value judgments on stuff you've got, what's most important that you need to keep close at hand, what is useful and helpful but can be put away for now, and what needs to go, what do you need to get rid of. And as we've already discussed, just as we declutter our living and workspaces, we can declutter other areas of our life, every area of our life, our hearts, our calendars, our schedules, and even as we saw two weeks ago, our soul. Last week, we looked at decluttering our relationships. We looked at who we need to prioritize, relationships we need to reevaluate, and those that we have to step away from. And we talked about the exchange of grace and truth, the exchange of grace and truth that should be at the heart of important and healthy relationships and friendships. And today we're going to look at decluttering our mind, decluttering our mind. We are thinking beings. And there are various kinds of thinking, of course. There's abstract thinking, creative thinking, convergent thinking, linear thinking. These are all mental processes. But whatever process or thinking style we might be using at any given time, we're always thinking thoughts, right? We're always thinking thoughts. And like everything else, there are good thoughts and there are bad thoughts, positive and negative, generous and ungenerous, grateful and ungrateful, praiseworthy and judgmental, confident, afraid. And the list could go on and on. My point for purposes of our current series is simply this. Just as we can so easily collect a lot of junk in our closets and cabinets at home, it's incredibly easy to fill our minds with junk. And that's a problem for all the reasons we've already argued. Clutter is always a problem everywhere. Mental clutter distracts us. It can confuse us. It can get in the way of what we're doing or trying to do or where we want to go. We have to change our thinking. We have to change our thinking. The scientific community once, mistakenly, thought that the brain was fixed and there was little we could do 
to improve its health. However, in recent decades, we've learned that our brain is neuroplastic. It can change and grow. New nerve cells are birthed daily. Admittedly, I don't really know what I'm talking about here, <laughs> but neuroscientist and author Dr. Carolyn Leaf, in her best-selling book, Switch On Your Brain, notes this. Moment by moment, every day, you are changing the structure of your brain through your thinking. Leaf asserts that we have the power to do our own brain surgery, to rewire our brain so that we think better thoughts and set a more positive direction for our lives. And as we consci consciously, consistently direct our thinking in a positive direction, we can cleanse ourselves of toxic patterns of thought. Science is just now catching up to what Scripture has taught all along. 2,000 years ago, St. Paul wrote this, Do not be conformed to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. So as we look at decluttering our mind, we want to identify thoughts that bring us health and wholeness. Put away thoughts that may be important, but don't have to be at the forefront of our thinking just now. And identify thoughts we need to discard. The brain forgets what it doesn't use, so if we stop thinking toxic thoughts, they'll go away. When it comes to our thoughts, we have to pay special attention to the content we're consuming, the voices we're hearing, and the information we're receiving. And so if you're already starting to feel uncomfortable with this topic today, as am I, congratulations. That means you're attentive to the Holy Spirit, prompting you to reconsider what is influencing your thinking. To deepen our reflection in the context of faith, we're going to take a look at the most famous sermon of all, the most famous sermon ever, the Sermon on the Mount. It's found in the 5th, 6th, and 7th chapter, chapters of Matthew's Gospel. Those three chapters, by the way, form an excellent summary of Christian living in themselves. But the sermon, famous as it is, begins with an even more famous Scripture passage, commonly called the Beatitudes, the Beatitudes or blessings, eight blessings that are incredibly insightful when it comes to approaching life and thinking as sons and daughters of God should be living and thinking. We could go through all eight Beatitudes and look at what each of them means in regard to our Christian thought, but that would take too much time. I remember attending a confirmation ceremony at another church once in which the bishop, probably on the assumption that the students were not very well prepared for the sacrament, went painstakingly through a detailed explanation of each beatitude. It took him 30 minutes to get through all eight, at which point everybody breathed a sigh of relief that it was finally over and he was finally done, and that's when he said, my dear young people, besides the eight Beatitudes, there are ten commandments. <laughs> A collective groan could be heard throughout 
the church. By all means, take some time this week to take a longer look at all eight because they all speak to how we should be thinking as sons and daughters of God. But today we're just going to look briefly at four. The first beatitude says, blessed are the poor in spirit. What is that? What does that mean? Poverty of spirit is humility. This beatitude teaches us to think humble thoughts. Why? Well, humility can help us recognize our dependence on God, that everything we have comes from Him. Trusting God as Father means, first of all, we believe that He'll, he'll, he'll help provide for our needs. Just as in nature, it is in the nature of, of human fathers, flawed as they are, to provide for their children, it's in the nature of God, our Heavenly Father, to provide for us. He provides for our spiritual needs, of course, but also material, emotional needs as well. He gives us the grace to change and grow. Of course, we have to do our part, but being poor in spirit means we recognize we can't make life work out all alone and on our own, and we don't have to. Our Heavenly Father is here to help. Humility also recognizes our interdependence with one another. We recognize that we're not meant to live in isolation from those around us. So, healthy thoughts look to build our faith and trust in God and our connection with others. And those thoughts alone could go a long way to relieving us of negative thoughts like anxiety, loneliness, fear of the future. The fourth beatitude says, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. Righteousness is virtue, or even more basically, goodness. In this beatitude, Jesus taps into our deep desire, whether we know it or not, our deep desire to become more like Christ in character. Such thoughts lead us to want to do good and be good. And the easiest way to become good or grow in goodness is to surround yourself with good people, people who have good things to say and positive attitudes to share. And such a choice in itself could go a long way to dispel the clutter of negativity when it comes to criticism, sarcasm, cynicism. The fifth beatitude teaches us about mercy. Mercy is compassion, charity, grace, generosity. And when we're thinking such thoughts toward others, we ourselves are growing in compassion, charity, grace, and generosity. Mercy thinks as a first instinct to give the benefit of the doubt. When someone lets us down or disappoints us, we don't jump to judgment but give them an opportunity to share their perspective and tell their story. Thoughts of mercy make us quick to forgive others and restore relationships. Mercy doesn't mean we ignore the wrong done, done us. It means we don't dwell on it. We turn our thoughts toward moving on. And blessed are the merciful, merciful for they shall receive mercy. Thoughts and actions of mercy open us up to God's mercy and to be merciful to ourselves. People who are harsh and judgmental toward others are oftentimes harsh and judgmental to themselves, first of all. 
thoughts of mercy allow us to be patient with ourselves. And such thoughts in themselves could declutter our mind of so much junk like vengeance, grievance, vindictiveness, lack of empathy, mean-spiritedness, judgmentalism. The sixth beatitude brings the greatest promise of all. Blessed are the pure of heart, for they will see God. Purity is often conflated with the concept of moral rectitude, which it is, of course, but it is a much broader concept when used here, including the idea of wholeness or healthiness. Pure thoughts mean that we have an undivided loyalty toward God. Pure thoughts mean we think only of the good of others and their well-being. A pure heart thinks loving and gracious thoughts of others rather than objectifying them as subjects to be used for our own profit or power or pleasure. Impure thoughts corrupt our thinking, and that's why pornography is so regrettable. Most of all, purity of heart is about clarity, clarity of vision when it comes to the whole arc of our lives. Perhaps the pure of heart see God precisely because they have clarity. So this week, why not take some time in your quiet time to review the thoughts you're currently thinking? First of all, examine the content you're consuming, the voices you're listening to, the information you're gathering. How does it measure up according to the standards of the Beatitudes? For instance, as some of you know, perhaps, I am a bit of a news junkie, especially when it comes to political news. And over recent years, there's been plenty of political news. That's for sure. During the presidential election cycle of 2020, I found myself increasingly consumed with the dizzying political news day after day that I was availing myself of, that I was going in search of, and in the process, finding myself increasingly angry and increasingly cynical. It was all clutter and junk in my mind, to say the least, clutter and junk that was a distraction from my daily duties and responsibilities. I'm happy to say I did eventually start limiting my intake and more recently have significantly limited my intake. It wasn't easy, but I feel better. Is there content you are consuming that you know is leading you toward toxic thinking? Are there voices who are speaking negatively into your thinking? Is there information you're availing yourself of that is isolating you from God and from others? Remove that content from your consumption. Turn off that voice. Delete the app. Second, consider what thoughts you need to hold on to for future consideration, but really, you don't have to dwell on them right now. Right now, they're a distraction. Third, replace the negative and distracting thoughts with uplifting and inspiring thoughts instead. Look for more worthwhile content. Find, find more positive voices. Seek out news and information that's actually enlightening. Elsewhere, St. Paul perfectly sums up exactly how 
the uncluttered mind of a Christ follower thinks. The uncluttered mind of a Christ follower. Listen to St. Paul. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think those thoughts. Thanks for watching. Hit that subscribe button so you don't miss a single video. You can be part of our mission to love God, love others, and make disciples by sharing this video. We're grateful you're part of this community.